Hi, Andrew here. I hope everyone is staying healthy with the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. And I'm hoping that um, what's been happening here in Washington looks like the curves have been flattening, and I hope that starts to happen in other parts of the country as well. Uh, for today's episode, I'm meeting with Dr. Kim Williams. He's a professor in cardiology at uh, Rush University in Chicago and the former president of the American College of Cardiology. I met him uh, when he came as a visiting professor to the University of Washington uh, last fall in 2019, where he spoke uh, for Grand Rounds and to the fellows about plant-based diets. I spoke to him then, and he kindly agreed to allow me to interview him for the show. We talk about plant-based diets, the Mediterranean Diet Randomized Control Trial from 2018, the PREDIMED study, um, we talk about how to address vegetarian diets with your patients, and he provides a lot of useful tools and tricks and tips uh, for having those conversations with your patients. I apologize, there was a little background noise, um, but I think you'll enjoy the show. With that, we'll get started. This is AP Cardiology, and this is your host, Andrew Perry. All right. Thank you for meeting with me uh, today, Dr. Kim Williams. Um, we're going to be talking about plant-based diets. And to start our discussion, I was going to describe a case that I just saw over at the uh, Veterans Affairs Hospital, uh, where Great. I do my clinic. Uh, so this uh, gentleman, he's in his 60s. He's male. He's a former smoker. And he presents after having a uh, non-STEMI myocardial infarction a few months ago. And he had a stent placed to his mid-LED. His total cholesterol is right around, around 200, and his LDL uh, is about 140. He's on dual antiplatelet therapy. He's on high-dose atorvastatin, 80 milligrams, and metoprolol succinate. He's also on metformin and glipizide for diabetes, and his A1C during that hospital stay was 8.1%. Uh, when I see those patients you know, at the VA, he's also, uh, his BMI's, uh, about 30, 31. And when I see those patients, one of my questions when I see them is the benefits of plant-based uh, diets and in terms then to uh, how to counsel those patients um, on adhering to that kind of diet. So I guess first off, um, for patients like this, uh, even for secondary prevention or even primary prevention, what's the data to suggest that plant-based diets uh, can improve their cardiovascular outcomes? So if I can call it audible at the line of scrimmage, <laughs> so yeah. I'd like to go back to the case for a moment. Um, so he is diabetic. Yes, diabetic. With an LDL of 140, if he was being treated with the standard of care for, for a diabetic at risk like he is using our ACC risk calculator, he would have been on a moderate dose statin. If he's on a moderate dose statin has, and still has an LDL of 140, then he probably has heterozygous familial hyperlipidemia. And, you know, people argue about genetic testing, but it always brings up the, the whole rubric of evaluating the rest of the family members. It's autosomal dominant most, in most cases uh, and really aggressive therapy. Um, so, but you might want to go back and tell me, was he not on a statin to begin with? Yes. So that LDL is from the time of the hospital stay where he was not on a statin at oh, that time. So we have to discuss with his diabetes doctor 
uh, the CARDS trial and all of our primary prevention guidelines that would say that he needs to be doing optimum in terms of nutrition, which I'm obviously going to morph over to. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, he's at risk enough, probably for a statin, probably not for an aspirin like we were doing 10 years ago, found not to be all that helpful. Mm -hmm. But uh, yes, the underpinning of each of our primary and secondary uh, prevention guidelines is, is nutrition, risk factor control. Um, it helps with the, the, the control of the diabetes. It controls the weight that you described, uh, particularly central obesity. It's very helpful in terms of lowering blood pressure, which increases plaque uh, development, and it lowers cholesterol. It also lowers uh, the C-reactive protein level. It also lowers the, the trimethylamine in oxide level, TMAO. If people who are not familiar with that, please look up those four letters. <clears throat> and if you want, you know, sort of... Uh, vegan propaganda to stop your family members and loved ones from eating animals, look up TMAO from the Cleveland Clinic, and that would be very, very convincing. Um, but also heme iron. I do know that there are vegan products out there now that have heme iron, at least one, um, but that was called out as one of the uh, additional chemicals in addition to cholesterol and saturated fat that makes it um, not a good idea for folks to eat animal products. Um, so. Um, with all of that as background, with that being the biochemical basis, uh, we don't have the big, you know, prospective randomized trials uh, to take a person with um, um, diabetes, for example, and prospectively decrease their cardiac events um, with nutrition alone or nutrition in combination with uh, optimal medical therapy. Um, but we have enough large population data that really is observational to say that you are going to lower the frequency of diabetes, you're going to lower the frequency of cardiac events. Um, and I think um, if we were to look at the, the absolute trial evidence, and this is why our guidelines, by the way, will always give a level two or, um, uh, to, uh, in terms of um, the amount of literature that supports uh, doing you know, all of the right things with the plants, um, you know, more fruits and vegetables, more plant-based nutrition, less animal products, lowering saturated fat, lowering cholesterol, um, getting rid of <clears throat> trans fats completely, lowering the sodium in the diet. Um, the amount of randomized trial evidence to make it so that it's a class one um, indication, which means that physicians must do this, uh, is actually relatively small. So what do we have? Uh, you have um, the Mediterranean diet that everyone always talks about, PREDIMED uh, trial in 2018. It, uh, sort of eliminates red meat to a large degree and and still incorporates um, chicken uh, or poultry and seafood and um, making sure that people are having at least um, olive oil or um, nuts in the diet. Well, it turns out that even though that's highly touted as you know the best diet for Americans by you know U.S. News and World Report, the fact is it actually did not decrease mortality at all. Mm -hmm. Decreased cardiac events. Um, I'm sorry, cardiovascular events in terms of heart attack, stroke, and and um, and cardiovascular death. It was I think it was mostly stroke. It was mostly stroke. That's the whole point. And so we've got um, our job. Uh, our, jo our job um, in the, looking at all of the observational data. Um, the NI, the, for example, the NIHARP study is the one that called out heme iron as well as nitrates and nitrites. Shouldn't eat um, processed meat. Um, if you look at um, the JAMA publications from the Nurses' Health Study and Physicians or Health, uh, health Professional Follow-Up Study, 
if you look at the um, <clears throat> Adventist health studies, all of these point to the same idea, that is more plants, and, and even by the way, the PREDIMED trial actually had a publication on this where they divided their randomized trial, not prospectively, but um, post, uh, a post hoc analysis, divided uh, into quintiles of vegetarianism. Mm -hmm. And this quintile of vegetarianism had a 42% decrease in mortality, not a one that was not significant. So we have enough, you know, sort of quasi, um, you know, prospective data, a lot of prospective cohorts, all of them saying the same thing. Uh, now, how do we get that into, you know, implementation? Well, you have to get it into the heads of physicians. How do you get it into the heads of physicians? Well, it really is a matter of getting guidelines. And um, as one of the guideline authors for primary prevention at the American College of Cardiology, I can tell you that, you know, what I tell everybody is when you walk into that room with all the 17 experts, you drop your ego at the door, you're going to, you're going to present a lot and you're going to learn a lot about the weaknesses of what you're presenting because that's what's going to be uh, going, to, going to show up. And so we do, I, I'm really calling for on, on everyone in the plant-based world to do large prospective uh, hard outcome trials like the PREDIMED trial, but using plant-based nutrition and show that what we're really talking about um, does make a difference. It really does make the difference that we think it will. We have so much prospective data that's short-term in terms of uh, uh, improvement of risk factors um, going back Mm, you know, to probably one of the best, uh, one of many, but one of the best that I've seen in the Journal of American Medical Association 2003 was David Jenkins doing an intervention um, with a vegan diet, a lot of plant sterols, a lot of almonds um, versus a statin versus control. And the uh, statin worked to lower LDL cholesterol and C-reactive protein, that is a uh, marker of inflammation, mm -hmm. but the diet worked really well, if equally, and in fact, the, the um, C-reactive protein went down a little faster with the diet than it did with the statin. Um, so we, we have small studies that are prospective and short-term, and they talk about the biochemistry, the underpinning risk factors, all being improved. Um, we have it for hypertension, we have it for uh, uh, elevated cholesterol, we have it for diabetes. But do we have proof that, those that the outcomes are better? It's all pretty much observational. Um, so, you know, so it's a, a, a big bit of a hole in the, in the literature that I'm hoping that we can plug. And, um, you know, as, um, uh, as speaking of plug, um, I would plug the uh, International Journal of Disease Reversal and Prevention uh, as a source for, for folks. And a lot of what we do, a lot of the articles you see at the end, well, we saw that um, Fuchs dystrophy of the, um, of the eye improves with plant-based nutrition this is a call for a prospective trial. Uh, we do need more trials in this area. Mm -hmm. Sure. There was a lot of information there, so I'm going to probably summarize Please. just a few of those points in there. Um, because one of my questions as I was uh, reviewing this topic is the benefit for increasing gradations. Because when I see patients uh, like this, and I try to come out and say, well, I think it'd be, you know, I want to improve your diet and help you adhere to a more plant-based diet. There's a mm -hmm. lot of residents, uh, reticence, and mm -hmm. so you can't make that initial plunge. And so I was like, well, what are the gradations? Like, if I can convince you to do a meatless Mondays, are you going to have an improvement, you know, in your cardiovascular health and benefits? And I think there are these, as you mentioned, these quintiles. I think that big data from, um, uh, from the uh, uh, physicians-like follow-up study, it's like the, the 
um, between the top and the lowest quintile, a marked improvement in mortality of like 40%. Um, sure. But there were signals along even the, even the smaller quintiles and improvements in cardiovascular health. So there is some data to suggest that if you can't commit to it fully, perhaps, you know, you're going to receive some sort of benefit, although there may not have been like a statistical significance in that point. Um, and well, then, okay. Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to add to what you're saying. Um, we do have the Adventist health study who, you know, they, they feel that it's pretty much linear. If, if, if you're a man, you do plant-based nutrition in their cohort or their congregation, you get an extra nine and a half years. And how much you do of a plant-based nutrition, if it's 50%, 80%, um, it's sort of almost a linear function um, of how much of that extra life you're going to get. But they always make the point that it isn't just longevity. It's, in, it's how much living you get to do during your life uh, because you're 30 pounds lighter when you're doing plant-based nutrition. You're much more active. You're climbing mountains instead of sitting around on a, on a, a sofa. Um, so uh, I actually do challenge my patients with that. I ask them the four critical questions. Um, um, I usually show them the data, show them the Adventist data, and I say, you have to, when you're making your food selections, you have to, uh, you know, you have to make a choice about how long you want to live. Okay. And then the second one is you have to ask yourself, how much living do you want to do during the rest of your life? Then I ask them, you know, how sick do you want to be? Okay. And last, I say, uh, is there any food that tastes better than your health? And hopefully, uh, I occasionally I do get, not occasionally, very rarely I've gotten a bad answer. Hopefully, jokingly, uh -huh. they usually say bacon. I've had that happen twice. Okay. Uh, but hopefully, uh, people, the calmer heads will prevail when they leave the clinic and they realize that they don't want to give up their family for bacon, you know, and it's just, just not, just not worth it. Um, and so uh, the, the phrase I coined a couple of weeks ago in clinic when I was really struggling with one of my vegan patients who had sort of fallen off the wagon because of the social situation and so many parties and um, his weight, he saw his weight gradually go up and his LDL cholesterol went from uh, 49 to 129, uh, <clears throat> purely with diet, still taking all of his medications um, after his heart attack two years ago and said, you know, you have to live today like you want to live tomorrow okay and so i think that he's, he said that that really you know is the the kind of inspiration that people will sometimes need they have to be forward thinking and not just live for the moment um, because it may taste good now but it's going to feel bad after, when you're on that angioplasty table mm -hmm. sure now those are those are some really good questions to be asking in clinic those uh you know how much of that living do you want to be doing uh is there any food that tastes better than your health? I'm going to have to record those and, uh, and keep those tucked away uh, for when I need those. Um, but then kind of, yeah, we're, we're already tr starting to transition there. But then speaking yeah. of like at the bedsides, counseling with patients, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of my interaction, I, I, most of the population is not on a primarily plant-based diet. So how do you like even open that conversation and make it uh, you know, move them from pre-contemplative to contemplative states mm -hmm. in like in changing behavior. You said that so incredibly well um, for what I'm about to tell you. Um, at the bedside, pre-contemplative, contemplative. contemplative. Um, I started this uh, last January of last year. So 13 months or 14 months ago, um, I, I just was at one of our hospitals. I, we, uh, Rush Cardiology does three different hospitals, Mercy, Rush Oak Park, main campus. 
Um, and I was rounding at, I think it was at Mercy. Um, and the patient had had a big MI, <clears throat> had a, um, was in, had gone into pulmonary edema, was, you know, rescued and was feeling so much better uh, the next day after a left anterior descending stent. It was proximal. And so it turns out that, um, you know, ventricular function was going to get better. And this is great. Um, and something hit me to just really try to grapple with this with the patient. And I've been doing it ever since. So let me tell you, I'll just set it up for you. It's just what you said. I'm at the bedside. I walk in. They've never met me before because I'm the, you know, the, the you know, CCU attending and they've been seeing the interventionalist. Mm -hmm. So I walk in and I say, uh, I'm Dr. Williams. Uh, you know, I, I know we just met, but um, I heard a lot about what happened to you. And I just want to spend a couple of minutes asking you the silliest questions you've ever heard. Um, just bear with me just two minutes and uh, you'll, at the end, you'll understand why. And I said, so let me ask you, tell me in your own words, what happened to you? And they usually say, well, I'll start, they'll start talking about the chest pain or whatever brought them in. They came to the emergency room and said, but, but, and, and that they had a heart attack. I said, and so what really is going on in your heart to create a heart attack? And they look at me like I you know, need to go back to medical school. And they, and they say, uh, I had a blocked artery. That's, that's right. And so what's that artery blocked with? And they'll actually think about it for a second. And really, almost regardless of any amount of education or uh, health literacy, they'll say plaque. They, Americans know that word, plaque. Hmm. And they say, okay, right, plaque. Now, what is plaque made out of? And again, invariably, they can all say either cholesterol, fat, or cholesterol and fat. Okay. And I said, that's exactly right. And where did that cholesterol and fat come from? 100% of the patients will say, I ate it. And mm -hmm. at that point, I say, okay, so we're, I'm going to give you a plant-based diet. I'm you know, going to start it here in, in the coronary care unit, and we're going to not eat any, any animals, and you know, we're going to lower even the amount of vegetable fat, but you're certainly not going to get animal fat uh, because you're not eating any more animal products. Uh, and, and they'll sort of look quizzically, not as quizzically as they used to before I started doing this, because they led themselves to this. They connected the dots in their own mind, and they, they, used, they used the words they're about the diet. And so, and then I usually throw in a joke and my typical one is, um, now, now that we've gone through this and I'm giving you the, the plant-based diet, you can follow it or you can ignore me. If you follow it, I'll be happy. If you ignore it, we make money. So it's up to you. <laughs> they, they always laugh, but at least it gets the point, but that, you know, they are at risk for future events. And what yeah. and they're in control of whether or not they have that future event. Hmm. I do just want to back up. You can prescribe a plant-based diet in your CCU or within your hospital. Yes. So um, it's another big issue. Um, after uh, well, actually, before at Rush, and then after um, at the at Mercy, after the American Medical Association came down on our side and said that hospital food needs to have plant-based options, they actually. Um, uh, each of the hospitals has, you know, vegetarian options. Now, of course, being radical about this, I would like to see them eliminate all animal-based foods. 
Um, but, you know, you've got Prescani scores and you've got, you know, the patient satisfaction scores and um, you've got to run a business in the United States of America. So I can understand why the hospital ad administrators are a little bit slow to remove all unhealthy foods. Um, but we have gotten some uh, modifications like don't have fried chicken on the heart healthy menu anymore uh, and have plant based options for, on every menu. And so we, you know, we go through that. It, I have to tell you, we, we do struggle a little bit with some of the, uh, um, around the country, the uh, dietary administrations. Uh, a lot of them were chained back in the days before um, the 2009 edict by the American Dietetic Association about the healthiness and helpfulness of plant-based uh, diets, which many of the dietitians actually have not seen. Uh, it's their own organization. And I, if there's anyone listening, I would recommend they go to their own organization and see how they feel about the science behind plant-based nutrition, um, because it's pretty strong. Mm -hmm. Now, I feel like in part, the a cardiologist will interact with, with these sorts of patients generally after like an index event. Mm -hmm. You know, they're getting their primary care from, you know, a primary care physician. And then they have some index event and past experience would say like during that index event, there is more success, or at least there's more resolve to, um, for smoking cessation at that time, realizing, okay, smoking is a big risk factor and I need to quit smoking and a lot of emphasis and quality markers for there. Uh, and thinking of in terms of changing diet, nutrition, those lifestyle behaviors, many of these patients also would qualify for cardiac rehab. Is that a part of, and some cardiac rehab programs incorporate nutritional guidance in there. Um, do you know of like whether plant-based diet information is part of like these cardiac rehab programs and, and, uh, and referrals? Really should be in, in everyone. Uh, my concern is that there are only a couple that are out there that are FDA approved as, you know, advanced cardiac rehab. And I think it's the Pritikin and the Ornish program uh, so far. And um, very little of the evidence that being used is actually completely plant-based. There are some that I've seen, um, some of them are actually fantastic. Uh, pretty much everyone who's doing the Ornish program, including um, you know, institutions around here, they um, uh, focus on <clears throat> not just exercise, but lifestyle, um, all the issues, the smoking cessation that you mentioned, um, being in a loving environment, um, as well as um, you know, really grappling with the details of how to implement a plant-based diet at home doing the cooking and the teaching um, uh, that people need. And so I'm, I'm glad to see it. Um, <clears throat> it, it, but ultimately that's rehabilitation. What I'd like to see out there is a whole lot of prehabilitation. Mm. <laughs> I would like to see people doing this before the event and stopping the event from happening. Sure, yeah, totally agree. Um, and now at this point, maybe just like one, um, one critique or one, I think, counter proposal that some people pro uh, make towards this data is, you know, a lot of this, the dietary information, as you mentioned, the data we have is perspective and op uh, or as observational, I should rather, I should say. Uh, and so therefore, you know, prone to confounders that can come on. And I yeah. think one that people uh, worry about the most is the confounder of the effect on whether it's just a weight loss or like a control of your BMI with a plant-based diet versus a uh, versus um, versus incorporation of animal products. And so I guess one of the questions that I'm still trying to navigate through is, you know, the same, same person at a normal BMI with you know, good activity level, you know, the difference between 
you know, a plant-based diet and then versus a animal-based with, with one with animal products, you know, the, those, the benefits on that patient in that scenario. I, I really would refer everyone. <clears throat> um, and most people who look at it, if you're not familiar with it, I would say <clears throat> the best thing to do is to actually take a look at just, you know, going to your search engine and putting in the words, low carbohydrate diet and mortality. Just put on those two words <clears throat> and people will see that there really is a lot of uh, data out there, uh, particularly if someone's had a heart attack, that they're putting themselves in extremely high risk if they're using animal products exclusively to lower the carbohydrate and in their diet and to lose weight. And so <clears throat> the weight loss that uses that sort of strategy really has been fraught with increasing in inflammation and LDL cholesterol. So I'd actually refer people to uh, Carol Kirkpatrick is the first author of a, um, uh, a sort of a summary literature, a review article that summarizes everything to do with um, <clears throat> low carbohydrate diet. It was done by the National Lipid Association and a task force that they set up. And um, it clearly shows that people are putting themselves at cardiovascular risk when they do this. So I'm hoping that everyone who is trying to do a <clears throat> low carb diet uses plants because that apparently is possible. And I've known some people who you know, become sort of famous for, or infamous, depending on how you look at it, for doing it. And it's sort of um, um, very clear that people can lose weight uh, doing this uh, animal-based product and increase their cardiovascular risk. Mm-hmm. Okay. As um, getting time towards wrapping up, another question in terms of patient guidance in that when you're making those lifestyle choices, then the question is like, how do I actually do this at home and what are recipes and like ways to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, are there resources that you have or that you know of uh, to point patients towards in like, how do I actually do this and how do I incorporate some sort of like variety and like different, you know, different ways of cooking at home than, than most, I think Americans are used to doing it. Really good, really good question. Uh, I actually sort of, when I'm trying to counsel patients and really change things, I, I rely on the three T's. Okay. The one is spending a lot of time with the patient and, and uh, fortunately I can do that um, in my clinic and people don't mind the fact that I'm running an hour and a half behind. Uh, because they know what I'm doing. Um, the second one, other than time, is um, making sure that you're giving people tools, which is what you're specifically asking for. But mm-hmm. part of the tools is the third T, and that is a team. It works so much better if you have a um, plant-based dietitian or nursing staff or uh, websites where people can go and actually do uh, personalized training uh, one-on-one. Um, and so uh, I've met uh, people who can do this online, and there are a couple of people out there who will actually do it live. And um, mm-hmm. if, if anybody um, is, we really are trying to put together all that information, like plantbaseddocs.org, I know is one place where you can find people uh, to, <clears throat> in terms of the team. Uh, the tools, um, I really do like giving handouts. Um, yeah, one of the more famous diets is the Esselstyn diet. I found that if you give people references, uh, material, sometimes people will do it and sometimes they won't. And so um, you know, we have uh, a wonderful uh, cardiology uh, group 
uh, of nutrition experts at the American College of Cardiology, and we're always sharing tools with each other. And so, um, uh, one of the ones that uh, one of the cardiologists in the when he was at Rush Copley actually put together a, sort of a three-page thing of you know the China study, the Esselstyn book, the Ornish book, all the resources that are books, all the websites, all of the movies, and um, just a lot of good general advice. <clears throat> and so that's appropriate for some people who are going to go online and look at things. And so, um, so I do hand that one out. Uh, one of my favorite ones, um, if uh, Dr. Esselstyn doesn't mind, um, I'm sure he knows, but uh, his wife put a 12-point summary on the internet. I don't know if that decreases his book sales, uh, but the way she did it is just incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I give that reference to people a lot. Another one that uh, came out last year was... Um, <clears throat> Actually, I have it right here. If people want to see it. It is the Association of Black Cardiologists, obviously nonprofit, or else I wouldn't, you know, throw it up on the screen. Um, it is called the Cooking for Your Heart and Soul, um, and it's really, you know, you would think that Association of Black Cardiologists that it was actually aimed at African Americans, but it's actually aimed at everyone. And the um, if you look up their website, abcardio.org. I don't know exactly what the status of it. I know that they don't charge any money for it, um, but at some point they had to run out of them. I still have five. <laughs> I'm out with them, um, but I was giving them out as much as I could um, because it's a, a very simple, um, you know, set of recipes. And I was, you know, uh, considered an author, but I was really more the idea person behind it, uh, insisting that it had to be plant-based, giving them all the rationale why it's plant-based. Um, and the person who really is responsible for it is uh, Baxter Montgomery in Houston, the Montgomery Wellness Center. It's a great cardiologist, African-American, uh, who, who really changes a lot of people's lives. Um, and um, the, another one that I am, am doing uh, a lot of now because it's so easy to follow is the sort of, uh, they call it the, the stoplight um, uh, diet page. It was actually Danielle Bellardo um, with help from Rob Osfield. Those are two cardiologists. One's a cardiology fellow and one's a faculty member at Montefiore. Mm -hmm. But they actually put together um, a page that really has green light here, yellow light here, red light. And it's written in a way where people um, can understand that if you're eating refined carbohydrates and animal products, that's really in the red zone. You ought to be eliminating or they, they say minimize uh, or reduce uh, or eliminate. For pretty much all of my patients, it's eliminate. Um, and then the high calorie density foods that are really healthy for you, nuts, um, you know, and all of the, the nutrition that they uh, provide, the um, seeds, the uh, grains, and the beans. But they are calorie dense, no question. Mm -hmm. if, uh, if I have a patient who's morbidly obese, I tell them one serving of those every now and then and stay on the green zone, which is the fresh fruits and vegetables and uh, green leafy vegetables and, and that sort of thing. Um, that, I think, is probably the best tool I've ever had. And I, I really thank our, our nutrition group and Danielle for putting that together um, because it's, it's quick, it's easy. Um, she's given it out for free and, and, uh, and people can just sort of, they, they get these categories in their mind and it seems to really change their behavior. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Oh, I appreciate uh, appreciate all those uh, references. I'll make sure to have links for those um, in the show notes. That'd be great.
Um, any last closing thoughts or motivations or inspiring words for us? Yeah, well, you know, we actually are getting a lot of uh, COVID-19 rec- uh, issues. Um, and uh, I think most people who do plant-based nutrition realize that they're healthier and they are less susceptible to viral illnesses. Um, and so if I had a public platform, which you're providing me uh, at this critical time, uh, and I'm speaking to the people who are interested in plant-based nutrition, who are all pretty much feeling well and feeling like you know um, they're sort of immune from it, I would just say that um, please still do the very wise cut down unnecessary travel, wash the hands um, uh, very frequently, look at out all the surfaces, clean them as much as you can, because we do have a very big difference in the plant-based community. We don't get as sick, but guess what? Just like with the flu, we can become asymptomatic carriers. Just because we don't get sick doesn't mean that we haven't been infected. And so I would encourage everybody to, to, you know, who's feeling good about the fact that they get less ill than they did 10 years ago when they weren't vegan. It's true, at at least in my experience and everyone around me who's plant-based is so much better off than they were before, but still be careful, still use those precautions uh, because we don't want to become the the, the vegan um, asymptomatic carriers (laughs) that uh, are helping spread the disease around. Yeah. No, I appreciate those thoughts. Absolutely. Uh, again, thank you again. Really appreciate it. Learned a lot. A lot of great pearls there. I thank you. Thank you so much for having me. To summarize a few of the key points that we talked about, with increasing inclusion of vegetarian diet by quintiles um, in the PREDIMED study and a post hoc analysis between the uh, those who use vegetarian diets the most compared to those who did it the least by quintiles, there was a 42% reduction in mortality. And then the four critical questions that Dr. Williams asks for his patients before he discusses uh, vegetarian diets is, how long do you want to live? How much living do you want to do? How sick do you want to be? And is there any food that tastes better than your health? I'll have links to the resources that he listed on the website. You can just go to apcardiology.com, and there'll be links to all those studies and resources. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This episode is sponsored in part by MedPage Today. You can find transcripts of this episode and all other episodes of AP Cardiology on medpagetoday.com. Much thanks to the band Broke for Free, whose song Night Owl from their album Directionless EP I have used for my theme music. It is used 